I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Unplayable Podcast reviewing day three of the first test in Pune where Australia recorded an emphatic 333-run victory over India and with it, a 1-0 series lead. Australia started the day at 4 for 143 with a lead of 298 and grew it to 440 by the time they were bowled out in a slightly extended morning session. Steve Smith was the main contributor, posting 109, his 18th test century. Chasing 441, India were never in it. Stephen O'Keefe was again the hero with another haul of 6 for 35, while Nathan Lyon finished with 4 for 53. India all out for 107 in 34 overs just after tea. Here to wrap it all up is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey. Rambo, can you believe we're here reviewing not just day three but the entire test i think we predicted this didn't we somewhere along the line no, I, pre- I, I predicted a win well true and uh, you were spot on i don't think even you would have predicted one inside three days um no a game played in fast forward and that's uh that, that moving the games on not a, is not a bad thing not at all well, let's start with the aussie skipper he was dropped four or five times and had an lbw shout turned down that would have been out had india not burned all their reviews but nonetheless it was a magnificent captain's knock rambo uh one that he rates himself right up there as his best uh yes the only player in the match to even look like getting close to 100 um he was uh, in the second innings, centuries, as he made the point after the game, are valuable anywhere um, because that's when the pitch is doing a bit more. But in India, they're even more valuable uh, given the way the pitches play and the difficulties you face in batting on those um, in second innings in those conditions. So um, he duly rated it very highly. He pointed out that it wasn't perfect. He did have a few opportunities, but as he said, you need a bit of luck in those sort of conditions and. Uh, he made the most of the luck when it came. He certainly did. Chasing 440 Rambo, India needed a solid start, but it never happened. O'Keefe and Lyon made sure of that. Wickets fell at 10, 16, 44, 77, and just got worse from there. Uh, O'Keefe grabbed six wickets inside 13 overs, and it was perhaps the wicket of Virat Kohli that summed up this match pretty perfectly. He was bowled without playing a shot. Now, Rambo, we love our stats on this podcast, don't we? Yes. So here are a few about O'Keefe. He's 12 for 70, are the second best ever by a visiting bowler in India. The fourth best by an Australian overseas behind Massey, Spofforth and Grimmett. He has the best match figures by an Australian left-arm spinner ever. And in tandem with Lyon, he took all 10 wickets in India's second innings. The first time in 24 years, the two Aussie spinners have taken all 10. May and Warren, the last to do that in 1993 at Edgbaston against England. Not a bad day's work for a sock Rambo. No, no, for a, uh, a guy who was uh, dismissed by a few people, a few critics... Not us, of course, Sam. Nope. We could see the potential that he had on that pitch. Um, but there were a few who didn't rate him very highly. Um, and as uh, Stephen Smith pointed out at the end of the match, uh, there's a couple of little things that Steve O'Keefe does a bit differently. He's a bit more round arm. He's a bit more... Uh, uh, well, he doesn't have to bowl as wide of the crease. So he doesn't have to spin the ball back as far as much as other left-arm bowlers do. So he was getting wickets with the ones that went straight on as well as ones that just straightened a little bit, just enough to... Beat the edge of the bat, which is all you need in a game of uh, very small margins. Now, Rambo, we were sitting here yesterday and we didn't think any would bat as badly as they did in the first innings. In fact, I'm pretty sure nobody thought that. But they did. They batted worse. They were bowled out 
in fewer overs. How come they didn't learn from their mistakes? Was it just a, a mental thing? The pitch really didn't change much from day two to day three? No, no. And from the way the Australians batted in the morning session, um, it was still difficult. It wasn't easy batting, but... Yeah. They all managed to get a bit of a, a start. Uh, you know, even um, Matthew Wade made a few. Mitchell Stark made a few. Um, yeah, they pushed on past 400 lead, getting close to a 450 lead. So batting was by no means impossible. I mean, Stephen Smith got to his century without too many uh, scares, This, at least on the, this morning. So when they came out and started their innings, and it started badly for them because their both openers went LBW and they both decided to review what were fairly plum decision yeah. so within inside six overs, overs they yeah. burnt both their reviews which meant the uh, batters coming in had no chance uh, especially with fielders around the bat and a lot of lbw shouts and um it was just a, a bad look all around a bit of selfish cricket from the indian openers i think you could describe that as and without once you'd lost a couple of weeks it was pretty difficult to start innings on that on those pitches um but they didn't seem to play with a great deal of application i mean the coley dismissal he admitted was a, a misjudgment, but it was a fairly bad misjudgment. Yeah, yes, it was a bad misjudgment, uh, Rambo. Let's look back at the entire test match, and we came up with five key moments for Australia's victory, and it starts back right before the first ball at the toss. How important is that? I mean, it obviously proved crucial. Australia won four tosses in 2013 and got swept 4-0, but here in Pune, they win the toss, have no hesitation in batting, and it proved to be ultimately the correct decision because the pitch just got worse and worse and worse as the test got on. Uh, yeah, this was always going to be tricky to bat on uh, as soon as there'd been a bit of traffic on it because it was so dry and, and crusty and breaking up, turning to dust here and there. Um, but even then, they probably didn't bat as well as they would have liked on the first day. Um, the fact that they got to 260 was probably largely due to Mitchell Stark's hitting at the end um, but the fact that they came out and scored more in their second innings would tell you that uh, they learnt a lot from the mistakes they made unlike their opponents who didn't learn anything it would seem um, but yeah it was a, to not to have lost the toss would have put them behind the game immediately I think if India had batted first and made a similar score then uh, they would have been under pressure but because they were in front of the game for most of it they could actually dictate terms and they did it very well Number two you touched on it was Mitchell Stark's 60 in the first innings, not only did he clobber a series of sixes and lift Australia to that 260 total, he also took the vital wicket of Virat Kohli for a second ball duck, his first duck, on home soil. So that late innings blitzkrieg and the big wicket, he also got Pajari two balls before that, but the big wicket of, of Virat Kohli, I think, probably put so much confidence in the Australian camp that from then on they were front runners and didn't look back. I certainly gave Stephen O'Keefe a lot of confidence. He said he thinks he celebrated the, the wicket of <laughs> Mitchell Starks when he got rid of Coley for a duck more than any of his own. And he took a few, so he had a few chances to celebrate. Yep. Um, so that put the, a real buzz among them. Um, and it put India on, well and truly on the back foot. Uh, so, yeah, those, uh, those few kind of telling blows that Mitchell Stark landed when he was batting, um, just uh, to be bowled out for 200, 210, which was threatening at that stage, would have left them very skinny, I think. Um, he took, gave them a little bit of something to bowl at, um, and the lead that they took of 150 uh, into the second innings was, uh, I think as Virat Kohli described at his post-match press conference, that was criminal to allow them to do that much of a lead. So uh, Mitchell Stark can take a fair bit of the credit for that. He can. The third point that we've highlighted is the collapse. 7 for 11, India's worst seven-week collapse. Rambo, that was all. Steve O'Keefe took six of those seven, three in one over. No one really knew if 260 was a good score or not. I guess, like we said, you can't judge a pitch until two teams bat on it. But 
260 was probably a par score. Then they bowled him out for 105 was their second lowest total against Australia at home. 7 for 11, that big collapse really set up the game. And, and if they didn't look back from the Virat Kohli dismissal, there was no way they were going to lose that game from then. Uh, true, and anyone who's been out late at night having a couple too many sherbets and in need of a packet of crisps knows a 7-11 is very important. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, that really did... Uh, define the game I think that dispel there I don't think anyone could quite believe that uh, those wickets tumbled at the speed they did in the manner that they did there was some severely loose shots but it just showed that once you got on a bit of a roll on that surface um, it was pretty hard to stop the momentum um, I don't think the Australians dare imagine it would happen twice in as many days but um, to to then leave themselves with an advantage of 155 on the first innings as you mentioned um, was invaluable because once you'd got more than 350 in front, you were pretty much sure that you were in safe territory. And uh, they had to bat well to get there, but they did that, and uh, uh, India just had no answer. They did that around their captain, Steve Smith. He was the pillar, 109 for him, 11 fours. Rambo, we touched on it again earlier before, but just how important was that for Australia, for their captain to stand up, score a century, and really put the foot on the throat of the Indians like... Steve said in his post-match press conference that the difference between India, this test match, and Sri Lanka, that first test over there, you were there, Rambo, is they didn't take their foot off the throat and Steve Smith kept it there with 100. No, and they never, um, well, for a start, they didn't win a toss in Sri Lanka, so they were batting second all the time and then were behind the game. Um, they managed to get through the top five fairly regularly, but then not the bottom five. Um, but here, they uh, not only knocked over India cheaply in their first innings, but having lost both openers fairly reasonably cheaply in their second innings. I think they were two for 20-odd and still not that far in front. If they'd lost the captain quickly, like happened to India in their innings when yep. he went to second ball, um, and then exposed the, the middle order to the, the kind of rampant Indian spin bowlers, it would have it, it could have got easily started that same snowball effect. Um, suddenly you find yourself five for not many and you're only 180, 200 in front and the game's starting to get away from you almost. So... The fact that he was able to stay firm, he had his share of luck, as we said. Um, some of those catches were probably fairly straightforward. The poor old subfielder who we mentioned last night had a forgettable day. Um, but to bat the way he did, he's incredibly focused on this trip. He's been a very driven mm. person. Even at breakfast this morning, you know, he was uh, nervously striding around the lobby and spent a lot of time outside the hotel chatting to Darren Lehman to work out what they were going to be doing when they got to the ground. Um, and the way he celebrated his 100, you could tell it, it meant a lot to him to uh, to come here as the captain, be the person who stood up, because he's always said the senior players need to stand up in these conditions. He's done his bit in this match, and uh, he walks away with a, a test match win as a result. I would say that probably one of the most pleasing things about the Australian batting, and it's completely in contrast to India, Australia suffered many collapses in the summer and, and over in Sri Lanka. That just didn't happen this time. They kept their cool. They soaked up a lot of deliveries. I know pitcher was spinning and wickets could tumble, <laughs> as we saw at any moment. Uh, Australians didn't collapse. It must be a good feeling to have the shoe on the other foot. Uh, yeah, they did. There was a couple of times that they lost a couple of wickets in, in quick succession, and um from what we saw in Sarenka, that was normally the, the trigger for the, the bottom to fall out of the bucket. But uh, they managed to find guys who could stay around. Even Peter Hanscom in, in both innings, hung around for a while. Mitchell Marsh, um, not so much in the first innings, but certainly the second mm-hmm. innings, played a pretty valuable hand. They just managed to build partnerships that weren't huge, but they were enough to uh, give them a total. Um, even Matthew Wade this morning hung around for 20, which was pretty handy to get Stephen Smith closer to his 100 
um, and pushed the lead out. And once the lead had got close to and beyond 400, you could just see the Indians were slumping in the field. They felt that they were probably out of the game. And a lot of the times that's half the battle if you... No matter what your total you've got on the board, if you if your opponent feels like they're no chance of getting it, then they they do tend to go in a bit of a tailspin when they bat, and that certainly proved to be the case. And Mitchell Stark contributed ninety one with the bat. Is he turning into a genuine all rounder? We've spoken about this a couple of times, but he's a guy that could just he seems to be in real rhythm with his batting. He doesn't mind taking on the spinners and pulling out that slog sweep. No, no, he, he picks his ball to hit too. It helps that you can hit the ball as far as he does. Uh, even long if levers, he, being he a has tall long man. levers. Um, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, he doesn't leverage. leave many leverage. Oh, it's leverage. Um, he he's not just a slogger. He doesn't. He's not trying to slog every ball that he faces. He's got a you know, a strong defence and he can pick and choose and. Because he hits the ball so far, even if he mits hits a couple, they tend to clear the rope on these fairly small Indian grounds. So uh, I'm not sure that he's got the re- inclination or the uh, the kind of the, the all round game to be a, a genuine all rounder batting mm. at six or seven. But when he coming in, when he does, he can either get quick runs if you've got a big total on the board, or he can hang around and pick up the pace a little bit, like he did. Uh, you know, when just as the the opposition think they're through, he can come in and if you take twenty or thirty off uh, a couple of overs, then you you put him on the back foot a little bit, then um, he comes and bowls at you one hundred and fifty k's an hour. So he's a pretty fearsome prospect, really. A handy package. Our fifth moment, Rambo was just the last day. Steve O'Keefe again on the six for thirty five, and I guess probably his partnership with Nathan Lyon it took four for fifty three. Those guys, if Australia are going to have success over here, they're going to have to bowl well, and they bowled very well in this match. And they're going to take a lot of confidence going to the next three games. Uh, they are. Um, the fact that they shared the new ball in this game. So yeah. Stephen O'Keefe took it in the first innings, Nathan Lyon in the, the second. So they're, uh, you know, they're racking up the uh, the milestones. Um, I'm not sure they're going to see another pitch like they saw here. I think the Indians might have learnt their lesson there, uh, preparing a pitch that was so spin-friendly that um, they got undone by the opposition spinners. I think we might be seeing some flat batting tracks from here on in. What did Steve Smith say after the game that it played into Australia's hands and it evened up the contest? It did because, as he said, you know the, the Indian spinners are so good and spin the ball probably further and um, more often than the Australian pair do. I don't think that's any secret. But the fact that they got so much assistance from the pitch meant that they were often fizzing it past the end of the edge of the bat. Mm. Um, whereas the Australian spinners who were just kind of landing it on a spot and doing a little bit with it not a huge amount, um, were kind of more in the game. So you've got to think if that was a, a flat batting track and the Indian spinners will always be a threat on those sort of pitches, maybe the Australians would that would have blunted their effectiveness. Um, but we'll never know because that's not the pitch they got. So no. um, it did kind of bring the teams a bit closer together because the pitch was such an important factor that uh, everyone was going to get a benefit from it when they bowled on it. Um, so, yeah, they would take huge confidence from that, I would think. Stephen O'Keefe had, has had the game of his life. He'll yes. uh, uh, go into. They'll probably try and target him in the next game to try and uh, bring him back to the pack. So that actually may work in his favour as well. If he's still in that kind of rhythm and they're not quite getting to him or trying to take him on when they shouldn't be, then uh, he may become a factor again. One thing we can't overlook is 
the youngster Matthew Renshaw, 99 runs in this test match, and he and the whole batting group seem to have a lot of plans. I think one of the, the, the major plans was to play the line of the ball and not chase the spin. As you said, the, the ball was spinning so much that if you just play the line, the ball's going to be the outside edge. I think that's probably one of the areas they've improved on. I know the batting coaching staff is something that's they've really drilled into them to, to play like that. Going forward, Rambo, can we see the Australian batsmen improve on this performance? Can we see them uh, score more runs that middle order, get a few more runs? This guy like David Warner, he missed out in both innings. I can't see him going three more test matches without putting a score on the board. No, and if, if as is as expected, the Indians prepare pitches a little bit flatter and a little bit more conducive to scoring, then that works for the in favour of the Australians as well. If mm. they, they have a a handy top five, top six. Um, if a guy like Warner gets going, if um, you know, Peter Hans can find some rhythm, Sean Marsh has got a, a pretty strong record yeah. in Asian conditions and looked pretty good in the first innings until he uh, got out. Uh, so there's um, there's a lot to be gained from being able to bat in conditions like they did here, where they, as you say, they put into practice the things they'd learned from Sri Lanka, which was not getting beaten on the inside of the bat, which is the big no-no. And it happened so many times with the Indian batters, um, except for Virat Kohli, who didn't use his bat at all. So yeah. he was beaten on the outside of his pad. Uh, but, yeah, they have they look like they're playing and missing, but I think it's actually quite... Well, a, they uh, don't seem phased by it, do they? They just It goes past the bat and they just go, oh, okay, we expected that. They're sort of uh, uh, preparing for that to happen. Well, I think Steve Smith mentioned that in the lead-up to the test. He said you know, the, the, mount, the, the way the pitch was so dry, he thought it wasn't going to bounce a lot. So even off the quicks, if you were prepared to uh, risk getting an outside edge, there's a chance it wouldn't carry to the, the close-in catches. Um, if you take one half of the bat out of the equation, as he said, you've, uh, you're part of the way to winning the battle. So they were more prepared to play and miss, maybe um, get a couple of nicks here and there that you hope don't carry to the, the fielders or that land safely. Um, so they weren't phased at all when they were playing and missing and the ball was turning a lot, particularly um, from Jadeja, who was obviously spinning it away from the right-handers. Um, you saw a lot of times they were just pushing forward and it was going past the outside edge. I think Anil Kumble said after the, the second day that you know, he he, played, he got so many plays and misses that normally he would get a lot of wickets. Yeah. But uh, they were prepared to cop that, and it just shows that all the work they've done since Sri Lanka has uh, has paid off. Let's throw forward to the next test. Bangalore on Saturday, week's time. Australia have a day off tomorrow. What are they going to do next? Remember, they train again on Monday. Can't imagine there'd be too many changes if they, if they throw up another big turning pitch like that. Maybe a third spinner is considered, but uh, Mitchell Marsh didn't even bowl one ball in this match, so he's nice and fresh. The Quicks didn't bowl much. I think they bowled 11 and 9 overs. Between them, uh, Stark and Hazelwood in this game, so their workloads are, are nice and level at the moment. What do they, what do, they do? M- more of the same? I guess, the, first of all, they've got to ex- celebrate and enjoy this win, but can't get too far ahead of themselves. They still need to win at least one, maybe two more games to wrap up the series. Yes, yes, it is only one test win in a four-match campaign. Uh, difficult to see them making too many changes, to be honest. If it's a flat pitch, then you'd have to think the same bowling attack. Yep. Um, if they didn't play a third spinner here, then it's hard to imagine they would play a third specialist spinner on a pitch that offers less turn. Um, the only other, the only thing they might have to consider is if it's a, a raging seamer, if India oh. go completely flip at 180 degrees and decide that fast bowling is the way to get them out, they may have to consider Jackson Bird as a third seamer. Maybe uh, then you play a spinning all-rounder at six instead of Mitch Marsh. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's very unlikely to happen. I think the sight of... Uh, Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood having bowled only a handful of overs between them would probably convince the Indians that's not a good ploy. Nope. Um, 
and while a couple of the batters missed out, I don't think they were sort of so badly out of form that you would consider making a change there, given that um, they didn't select Usman Khawaja for this test, and he's the spare batsman, so he hasn't had a lot of uh, cricket in the last couple of weeks. I would, I'd be very surprised if they made uh, too many a change at all to the eleven, to be honest, yeah. Sam. Unless you're hearing something that I'm not. No, not hearing anything. Uh, what about India? It's lovely, isn't it? It's a good place. They didn't seem real phased by this loss. Virat Kohli said after the match, he's not a big deal. Said it happened in international cricket. As they said, it was uh, a reality check that they've been so successful this summer and this season. They last lost a test in Gaul in uh, August 2015, so it's been a run of 19 games undefeated. So maybe that's uh, the, the kick up the backside they needed. Uh, in fact, after the game, they all got together and played a bit of soccer volleyball or something out in the field, and they were laughing and quite jovial so it doesn't seem that a 333 run defeat hurts too much at the moment um, but we're going to expect a, a much more fired up much more focused India and I guess with uh, Ishant Sharma only bowling three overs in the second innings perhaps they'll try and bolster their batting lineup with Ashwin batting at six and Saha the wicketkeeper batting at seven not specialist batsmen by any means maybe they'll ditch one of the fast bowls put another batsman in there and try and bolster the batting they did look a bit skinny in the batting but then again when you get bowled out for Barely 100 uh, in both innings. You're always going to look a bit thin in that area. Um, no, both uh, Anil Kumble and Virat Kohli seemed reasonably nonchalant, as they like to say in French cricket, <laughs> after the uh, days two and three. Um, I'm sure Virat, who's a very fierce competitor, won't be taking that particularly kindly. Um, so I imagine they'll be fairly focused and training fairly hard. But yes, they... To seem to, and I, I suppose when you look at their record recently, they've lost you know one Test match in twenty, stretching back to twenty twelve. So it's hardly uh, panic stations. I wouldn't have thought. You know, they've had such a big season with Tests against New Zealand, England, and Bangladesh, and this is the first defeat they've had. So they've not like they've their forms deserted them. They yeah. just played badly in this game. Um, they're perhaps a little bit dismissive of the uh, the opposition at some time, suggesting that. You know, it was their bad batting and their uh, the opposition bowling was adequate but not particularly threatening. Um, so they might publicly say that privately. They might be coming up with some plans, I would think. I think we'll see a vastly different India team, if not in personnel, then certainly in intent mm. when we get to Bangalore, um, where Australia has a reasonable record. So uh, yes. that could be something to keep an eye on if they were ever going to surge to a uh, you know, 2-0 advantage. Bangalore is probably the venue they'd pick to play. Um, having said that, you might right, they might play an extra batter. The Indians give themselves a bit more depth. Know that Ashman and Jadeja are going to bowl a bulk of the overs anyway, so you probably don't need an extra bowling option. You can uh, maybe get rid of that uh, third spinner and throw in a batter who maybe bowls a little bit that little bit of a part-time spinning all-rounder, as we like to call them in Australia. Well, they just had they dropped a guy who scored 300, so I'm pretty sure he'd be a pretty handy addition to a, a batting order that needs a bit of beef. Uh, Rambo, we didn't make a serious prediction, but having seen what we've seen here in Pune, three tests to go, Bangalore, a bit of a happy hunting ground for Australia of recent times, and then two more venues that haven't played a test match ever. Is it time to make a bit of a, a, another bold prediction? Can we see the Aussies taking the series now? 1-0 up, three to go. Can they win it first time since 2004? Well, I think you've only raised the predictions because yours has already come to fruition. Um, well, I'm suspecting that didn't might want be to say a, that's verging on a gloat, I think. Uh, it might be a little bit early to uh, pencil them in for a win because um, their record here is not outstanding, as we know, and to win no. a test match is a significant feat. To uh, keep India pinned to the canvas would be a remarkable feat, I think. Um, 
But you'd have to say it's a, they've got a much better chance of clean sweeping the series than India have at the moment. <laughs> As Steve Smith pointed out. That's right. And he also mentioned it's been 4,500 and something or other days since they won a test in India. So uh, it's not like they haven't made a uh, significant stride forward. Mm. Um, I'm still going with my bold prediction, which is that Mitchell Swepson will play a test. As I said, if they lose a couple, they might throw him in. I didn't say whether they was Australia or India, so I, re- I think I'm on reasonably safe ground. Mm. Um, and either way, he might appear before the end of the series. Um, but uh, it would be probably premature to uh, predict an Australian series win at this point. Perhaps after Bangalore, if they are 2-0 up with only two to play, uh, we can be a bit bolder then. We shall. Uh, okay, next time you're going to hear from us will be to preview the second test in Bangalore. Rambo, you'll be there? I'll be there. Um, I'm catching a, a tuk-tuk from here tomorrow morning and I should be in Bangalore sometime on Tuesday evening. Until then, head to cricket.com.au for all your news, scores and video of Australia's Qantas Tour of India. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.